Hello and welcome to the Citizen Femme podcast, the show where we learn about the journeys of 12 inspiring women. And what better way to bring this series to a close than by sharing a very special bonus episode with the wonderful restaurateur Samyukta Nair. Welcome Samyukta, I am so excited to have you join us. I'm going to let you introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, thank you so much for having me, Sheena. Uh, I'm a food entrepreneur and the founder of LSL Capital, a collection of boutique restaurants uh, born out of a love for hospitality and creatively conceptualizing bespoke culinary experiences in London. I love them. And, and some of your restaurants are, are some of my favorites. So I can't wait to talk more about them and the inspiration. Um, but before London, you grew up in Mumbai or Bombay. Which is the one? Is it Mumbai or Bombay? Uh, well, we say if, if you grew up in uh, uh, in Mumbai, then you call it Bombay. Okay. <laughs> That's probably the best way uh, to refer to it. But yes, Mumbai is home. And uh, it's where my family is. And it's a city that's given me so very much that now I am incredibly proud to take to the world. Yeah. What did the city cultivate in you? What did it, what, I mean, what did it give you? Uh, I mean, I think, first of all, it's got my family and my friends, which is such an incredible value system that, you know, isn't really av- available anywhere else. And I think that, for starters, is something that always keeps me coming back. Uh, I think also the fact that it's such a buzzing metropolis, uh, given that its own history with the British uh, in terms of being a massive commercial port for them when they were in India, also just the commercial capital of India, as India has grown um, you know, through liberalization and in, in modern day. Uh, it's just incredible to see it as a, a melting pot of like design, of culture of food uh, and it's just uh, and it's amazing to be able to draw from that yeah I think it really is it's such an inspiring uh, place I was there only three years ago after such a long time and it's changed and it's developed and it's it's just a melting pot of everything wonderful such an incredible place I I adore it and I'm so happy that you do too so (laughs) Your family founded the Leela Palaces, the hotels and resorts in India. So hospitality, I imagine, is very much in your DNA. Was it always something that you were going to do, hospitality? Was it kind of ingrained in you? So Captain Naya, uh, the founder of the Leela Palaces, hotels and resorts, is my grandfather. And uh, Leela is my father's mother. And uh, his hospitality ventures was an homage to the lady he was married to and uh, really was inspired by, you know, building modern day palaces in India. Uh, And I think that were very much rooted in tradition, but yet offered everything from a service and design perspective to meet a world-class luxury product. When you grow up around that, it's something you just imbibe, you know, they're pretty much uh, non-verbal skills and they come to you in ways that you least expect but uh, was I sort of you know was I sort of someone that had a career penned down in hospitality absolutely not Uh, my undergraduate degree is in sociology and psychology my master's is in international business and after working for the family business for two years that's when I decided that hospitality was really for me. Uh, and then I went on to doing my MBA at Ecole Hotelier Lausanne. Okay, fine. So, I mean, you had business and hotels and, and all of that. So it's definitely helped guide you in that direction. But you would visit London regularly, I imagine, growing up and staying in Maidenhead, where you have so many of your restaurants. Yes. And actually, my father, uh, as a precursor to the hospitality business, uh, was our garment business, uh, originally called Leela Scottish Lace. And it was started by my grandfather uh, and then taken over by my father, which then saw uh, my parents spend a lot of time 
abroad uh, between New York and London. And so coming, uh, going to New York, which is our second home via London, was always something that we had, that we did every summer. And uh, every year, actually, maybe twice or thrice a year. And it was incredible just to be able to have that little pit stop because it's a very long journey. And uh, it's amazing to now call Mayfair home because it feels a bit of a homecoming, which is quite incredible. So, you know, coming to London so often on your way to New York, what were or perhaps still remain some of your favorite spots in the area? Um, to be honest with you, when I was much younger, there wasn't very much available. But um, and I think the London culinary scene really changed in that in two thousand. If you if you sort of look back, uh, and I think it was the onset of Zuma. Funnily enough, that uh, really sort of shook things up. And at the time, I was a, a, a student in the UK, uh, and I remember my father introducing it to me, and I loved it. I loved Zuma for the energy. I loved what it stood for. I thought it was so clean and modern and really sexy and and it still stands true with the test of time you know and I think that's really something that of course then, then soon came Scots uh, you know sort of all the other places that sort of just mushroomed afterwards but really Zuma is the first thing that was like wow this is incredible. I, I assume Zuma is superb and I think you have a um, in your current project a relationship with people behind Zuma? Yes, exactly. So Divya Cadbury, the original founder of Zuma, is someone we work very, very closely with. And she's um, as part of our team on LSL Capital and more like family, really, at this point. And it's wonderful to be able to have someone. And that was uh, who, who you can b- b- bounce ideas with. But it also came about very serendipitously. So I feel like life has a way of coming full circle when you least expect it, right? The best types, absolutely. Going back into the the journey, so tell me about your journey into into food. So you knew it was ingrained and then you studied uh, hospitality, um, obviously growing up in hospitality, but tell me more about that journey into into the field of food and what got you to starting your first restaurant. Uh, well, my, my uh, earliest memory of food has to be with my father because at, at sitting at our dining table with him and my grandfather and my grandmother, who was a gourmand in her time, it was really incredible that dinner table conversations were always paramount, you know, and they always uh, circled around latest trends in hospitality, uh, ingredients, design trends, and it was always the best education that I could have hoped for. And perhaps uh, looking back, that was really something that just sort of left a mark. Uh, but it wasn't until about six years ago when my father had an investment that he had made as a silent investor that went um you know, a bit south, that we decided to work together and open Jamava on Mount Street. And that was really our beginning. Um, so it's been it's been quite incredible. And again, there's a little bit of serendipity there, like most things in my life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I always joke, the universe has my back. So, uh, and also creatively, everything really feeds from the same place, right? Form is the only thing that changes. So um, yeah, it's been quite a journey, but I think it really, really starts at a very deep rooted level from my family, the traditions that we had and we cherish, uh, even till this day is what brings, is what I'm able to bring to life through my food journey. That's brilliant. And Jamavar's had a, had a momentous week. Yeah, it's been incredible. Uh, Jamava won uh, its Michelin star status again in the Great Britain and Ireland 2022 Michelin Guide. And uh, Surendra Mohan, who's our culinary director and executive chef, is currently helming uh, the culinary program. And uh, yeah, it's been incredible. We were the youngest brand, I think, at the time to get the Michelin. Uh, It was in a period of eight months. 
and subsequently landed up losing our chef the year after and the star with it. So I always uh, sort of joke that the first one was on loan and uh, hopefully this one's asked to keep, you know. Uh, Surinder's been with the company for over 22 years and uh, I think his food is truly a testament to his craft and it's wonderful to be able to get that to a global audience today and I'm thrilled that Michelin has recognized it because it's my pride and my joy and it's really my lens of India to the world. So I'm beyond excited. For anyone that hasn't been to Jamavara, I urge you to visit. It is hands down one of the best Indian restaurants in London. It's absolutely superb. The experience, the food, the decor, everything. It's sensational. So, you know, huge kudos for that. It's very, very well deserved. That's very kind. Thank you. It's it's really, it's a collective achievement of the entire team. And uh, it's really a moment of great pride. So thank you. So you had a, a women's club at Jamavara. What made you start that? So Jamava is located on 8 Mount Street, which is uh, pretty much surrounded by the old boys clubs of Mayfair. And being matriarchal and South Indian, I really wanted to have a space that women could, you know, meet within and discuss, you know, ideas of their successes, their failures and everything in between and really have a safe place to have conversation that was authentic and inspiring. And uh, the format was me and a speaker, and it was a Q&A for an hour. And then we opened up the floor to questions, and then it broke out into a three-course dinner. And it was incredible uh, just to see the kind of people that we got that were interested, but also the people that kept coming back. Uh, the program ran for about four years, and it was amazing just to be able to see that audience grow from strength to strength. Uh, and it was really a wonderful experience. That's brilliant. Have you got any more coming up? Uh, no, actually, with the pandemic, we've decided to pause on that uh, as we speak. But maybe it could come back in a different avatar, uh, you know, and there are always different possibilities uh, when you, with things when you start looking at them. But uh, as of now, it was just a program that run during that time. Brilliant. You have Bombay Bustle. Now, Bombay Bustle focuses on regional family recipes. Tell me about that journey, uh, the restaurant. Sure. So Bombay Bustle takes inspiration from um, the seven reclaimed islands that Mumbai is known for. And really, it's that cultural melting pot that we want to reference. For example, if you went to school or if you went to work and someone opened their lunch tiffin boxes, you'd see that there was such a a wide range of food that people that, you know, that, that came together in one place were eating. And I think really that really talks about Bombay. It's got, you know, people from the north, people from the south, people from like middle India for, and uh, the north, the east. And it's incredible because Bombay binds them. And really ju just that cultural journey uh, through the lens of food is, is what we wanted to reference um, at Bombay Bustle. What are some of your favorite dishes at the restaurant? Uh, I absolutely adore uh, chaat. So the Raj Kachori is my undoubted favorite. And the dosas, of course, because uh, I grew up eating them at home. So we do them with an aloo, which is a potato filling. And we do them with a chetanad duck filling. Both of them uh, I can't get enough of. And I think the tandoors are very, very strong. Um, and then we have some hearty mains, uh, which I'm always gravitating towards. But it really is the comfort food of a city that I call home. And I'm very, very proud to showcase that. What is it about concept restaurants that appeals to you? I think um, concept restaurants are very exciting to me because I'm able to storytell when I have something in uh, that's larger than just the food. Because the honest truth is that food is culture. And we get an opportunity with every opening to be able to tell a story differently. 
uh, at the end of the day, we're not doing anything that's completely unique uh, or uh, out of the box uh, in any of our restaurants. And that goes for any any restaurant in itself. But it really is what that story means to you, what those values mean to you, and really being able to speak to your community, uh, which is what sets you apart. And that, for me, all stems from a concept. And that's why uh, it's probably the most important thing. And taking those values from start to finish across design, collaterals, the food program, the branding, the communication, it's a very holistic approach at looking at uh, the birth of a restaurant. Um, And I think it's a very important one, that too. You said the word storytelling, and I think it's so integral to everything in all the restaurants that you create. It's that story and the journey that you go through. Um, so that brings me nicely to Mimi Mayfair, which is your latest launch. It launched last year. And that's a lovely story. It's transporting you to old world China. Uh, yes, Mimi Mayfair actually draws uh, from a, a, a bit of an eccentric, maximalist side of me. And it's uh, wonderful because I actually lived in China for about eight weeks when I was a student at the University of Nottingham. And I chose not to do accounting and uh, take a trip to China instead. And uh, it was m- Uh, really mind-boggling just to see what it was like. And this is, I'm talking 14, 15 years ago, Uh, you know, the bullet had just been launched and the bund was bustling and there were all these new designed hotels and uh, concepts that they had just launched. And it was really a different world. And I really wanted to bring that allure uh, to a city like London. And I think uh, Mimi Mayfair gave me that opportunity. So it's a three-story Georgian townhouse divided into five different rooms envisioned as the home of Empress Mimi, who then traveled across um, China, mainland China, Hong Kong, and Singapore as she made her way to her London residence. So the site itself is a three-story Georgian townhouse divided into five rooms that sort of, uh, you know, is her home away from home. And um, I landed up spending about eight weeks in China when I was younger as a a student at the University of Nottingham, uh, only because I didn't want to do any accounting. And at the time, it just felt like such a great holiday and such a great experience. And uh, to be able to reference that and bring that back to uh, a time like today, uh, you know, it has just been quite incredible. That's that's brilliant. Um, So very much that eight weeks in China really influenced Mimi Mayfair. Uh, I think so. And also China is very much a culture like India. You know, it's very much influenced by its history. It's It's got great design. It's got amazing food. It's also very vast. So you can draw from its influences. And we cannot forget the culture, the globalization of Chinese cuisine, very much like Indian, you know, uh, it's been made its own in different parts of the world. And I think that was very exciting for me. Uh, and it was a natural springboard from the Indian arena to the world, uh, you know, uh, but still very much within Asia, something that I know, something that I'm familiar with, and really uh, was my first stepping stone to bigger things and the launch of LSL Capital, which is, uh, you know, now going to be working on a diverse range of concepts. And uh, just Mimi Mayfair gave me that confidence uh, to be able to do that, which is amazing. So you've teamed up with Fable Studio on a number of projects. How do you decide on a theme or a concept for each of your restaurants? You know, the theme and concept is so important. It makes or breaks a restaurant, really. But you certainly made it in all of them. Tell me about that process. So uh, I always say that the greatest gift that my parents gave me was the gift of people. 
whether be it uh, Surinder Mohan, who's the culinary director and executive chef at Jamava and Bombay Basel, or Peter Ho, who's the executive chef at Mimi Mayfair. Both of them have you know, worked with us in India, and I've had a relationship with them. Uh, and pretty much the same with Tom Strother of Fable Studio. Uh, my father actually landed up meeting with him, and he's from, uh, and they started their first project together. And ever since, there's been no looking back. He promised him that he would work on every project with him, and uh, it's been incredible because Tom and I very much draw from similar influences. We're both very into storytelling, uh, and really, I think uh, it's incredible to be able to see a site for what it is, see the potential of what it can be, and then really bring to life that idea through the food, the operating equipment, the branding, the communication, and uh, working with partners like Tom at Fable Studio has been really a pleasure. What does food represent for you? Culture. It's just literally food is culture. It's got, it's, it teaches us, you learn, you know, about people, uh, when you're at a dining table, you, you know, you're in the middle of conversation, you can see how someone eats, what they're veering towards, how they respond to certain things, uh, basically verbal and nonverbal. It's literally, this, for me, the most important vehicle of culture that we have today. I think that's so accurate. I mean, when you book a trip or you book a vacation or a holiday somewhere, um, the first thing you look at is restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's about it's, it's about the choices that we make, you know, and it's, uh, it's about the cities that you want to visit or the food that you want to eat. And it really gives you a sense of uh, a sense of place. And I think that's what's so exciting. Uh, and that's why concept and storytelling for me is very, very important. But I also feel I'm a sociology student. So for me, I'm always trying to find ways to, uh, you know, um, draw references and parallels that are bigger than just uh, it being food on a plate. And I think that is very exciting. So in addition to your food focus endeavors, you're also a fashion entrepreneur. Tell me about your, uh, tell me about your label Dandelion. Uh, so I think when you think of me, you have to realize that my family was in the garment business before we made our foray into hospitality. And I think those uh, creative juices just always had some part to play because my father helmed that side of the business. And uh, it's incredible because this was the beginning of my humble entrepreneurial journey. And I started with making pajamas. And it really came from a position of wanting to share that comfort, that safe space that had delicate refinement and aesthetic with women in India uh, that allowed them to, you know, really be themselves. Because to be honest, in India, uh, whether they're, you know, they're, sort of young women growing up or women that are married, you live with your extended families and to be able to wear something that, you know, it, you're not thinking twice about, but yet it's, it gives you a sense of individuality and lets you be at home was very important to me. And uh, Dandelion really was born out of a need from the, of that. Uh, and it still continues to be uh, a small boutique label. And now we've been able to you know, add to it and add home with Dandelion Living and soon to launch a women's wear collection. But it really is, um, you know, really an homage to uh, just comfort and fem femininity and just things that are just everyday and beautiful, but yet signify strength, because that's what the word Dandelion actually means. 
And I got the name from a tea that I used to drink, which is the dandelion root tea. And that's how it started. I hope during uh, COVID it was uh, thriving with everyone being at home so much and being so comfortable at home. Yeah, I think it was incredible just to see the potential of the business during COVID. And who thought that, you know, uh, sleepwear and home would just take such a primary focus. And I'm thrilled that people finally know that to be able to be your best self outside then, you know, you have to really give and nourish your inner self. Because if you sleep is how you recover, then you're probably spending more time. Uh, you might as well choose to be in something comfortable and make those choices versus look at something that's a hand-me-down or an old T-shirt or old pajamas that just feel worn out and comfortable to sleep in. And so really, was that conscious choice? And I think we were one of the first forerunners in India. Uh, and it's changed the game. There's so many that have flourished ever since. But yeah, it's been wonderful. Tell me about your latest projects. You've got a very exciting opening coming up this summer. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very thrilled. Uh, we've been able to partner with uh, two-star Michelin chef, Claude Posey, and uh, who is phenomenal. Uh, we, uh, we actually met five years ago, uh, close to five years ago, when we were exchanging hands at the Bombay Bustle site, which was Claude's former one Michelin star restaurant called Hibiscus. And uh, I think now just sort of coming full circle and for us to be able to partner together and bring something quite unique and accessible and comforting um, as a concept is something that both of us are very much looking forward to. It's also at the iconic Rishu site, which is 41 South Audley Street, a pretty much a cornerstone of Mayfair if you've grown up around here. And uh, it's amazing to be able to give that, you know, uh, a new life and a different vision. And this time around, we're looking at doing a French Mediterranean bistro that draws references from the coastal towns of Nice, Cannes, uh, uh, I mean, nice, Cannes and Marseille. I cannot wait for that. Do we have a, a date yet or is it still to be confirmed? We're saying it's the end of summer. So we're hopeful that that's what we're aiming for. Wonderful. So as soon as people get back from their Mediterranean holidays and from the south of France, they can go straight back in to dining in the south of France. I think so. I think so. And it's that idea that, you know, uh, I, I think once you come back to London in the autumn, it's always quite moody. And I just feel like uh, the south of France uh, is just somewhere where the sun always shines. And some of my happiest memories have been there. And I want to be able to reference that and bring that uh, to Mayfair. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to be able to work with such a world-class chef who's got incredible and immense knowledge and also has honed his craft over time. So really, the pleasure is entirely mine. Uh, my final question for you. Who is your ideal dinner guest? Oof, I would love to have an evening with my grandfather. Yeah, I would love to be able to sit across my grandfather and just really tell him about um, whatever we've done in the last five years and just really just you know I'd love to know what he thinks of it and I'd love to be able to just have that conversation because truly I have never met a more interesting man and uh, he's just uh, as part of his centenary birthday celebrations we've just uh, launched his biography and it's called Capture the Dream and it really is his story of how he created these iconic hotels and what that stood for uh, at such that it was even then acquired by one of the largest real estate funds. Uh, and that truly is a testament to everything that he dreamt and built and had the courage to ask for. And uh, today in my own entrepreneurial journey, I'd love to be able to sit with him and tell him, you know, how things were on this side of the coin. And it would have been quite wonderful. 
Absolutely superb. So, Mukta, thank you so much for your time and talking us through. I wish you the very best with your upcoming um, project, and I cannot wait to visit. Um, where can we follow you on social media? Uh, I'm first of all, thank you for speaking with me and thank you for your time. This has been such a pleasure and I'm so excited to be able to share my journey with you and your community. And so really thank you for taking interest in, uh, in my in my story. And otherwise, I'm on Samyukta Naya on Instagram and we're at LSL Capital for everything that the brands are doing across the board. Thank you so much, Samyukta. And thank you for listening to the last episode in this series. I have learned so much from these 13 women that we've featured, and I really hope you have too. We will be back with a new podcast series later on in this year. But in the meantime, please head over to Citizen Femme, where you can catch all of our latest content from season one, two, and three. And I cannot wait to speak to you again.